Good morning, Lakeview Church. Just want to, obviously, I've talked to you in the room, but I haven't talked to the people who are joining us online today. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your weekend to log on through that device and gather with us in worship. We're so glad that you're here, and we just want to just let you know that you are part of this church, and we're so glad that you've joined us today. Now, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Chris Williams. I get to serve as the lead pastor here, and it is just an honor uh, for me to have that privilege. And here at Lakeview Church, we've been saying uh, for a while now, and uh, you're going to keep hearing it, we're an everyday church for everyday people where every single day we follow Jesus, we live generously, and we make a difference. We believe this is what God has called us to as a community of faith. This is what God has called us to as his people, to set our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, and to follow him with all that is within us. And as we follow Jesus, our lives open up because we start to realize that our lives are not our own. They actually belong to God, and God can use our lives however he wants to. And so our lives open up, and we begin to live generously so that everything that we have and everything that we are is offered to God. And then as we do that, using our time, our talent, our treasures, our gifts, our abilities, our service, our ministry, the place where God has put us in this world to serve, we make a difference for good and for God in this world, and we are part of his mission to transform this world, to redeem humanity, and to restore everything to the way that he intends it to be. We started a brand new series last week called A Living Sacrifice, and this series is really taken from a phrase found in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which we read last week, and I want to just put up on the screen and remind you of what Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. See, we've spent really this fall in Romans chapters 1 through 8 talking about the road to freedom, and we really have been kind of zeroed in on the idea of what it means to follow Jesus, that when we follow Jesus, we experience forgiveness, and as we follow Jesus, we find freedom. But what we're doing during the month of November is we're really zeroing in on this idea of what does it look like for us to live generously, and we think that living generously really comes from this understanding in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. That because of what God has done for us, we are called to offer ourselves back to God. And so we kind of started this series last week with three foundational truths. And I want to just remind you of them very quickly, and then we're going to jump into today's message. The first truth that we talked about last week is that following Jesus leads to living generously. When you read Romans chapter 12, verse 1, what you realize is that Paul has been spending all of this letter to the church in Rome telling them about God's grace and God's mercy and and the way God has worked on their behalf. And he says, in response to that, as you follow Jesus, as you experience forgiveness, as you find freedom, what should you do next? Offer yourselves to God. Following Jesus leads to living generously. Why? Because you start to realize that your life is not your own. It was purchased at a price, and so your life belongs to God, and so you give it back to him. We said a second foundational truth of this series is that not only does following Jesus lead to living generously, but living generously is rooted in God's generosity. 
Why should we give our bodies to God? Why should we give ourselves back to him? Well, because of all God has done for you, right? You were lost in sin. You were on the wrong path. You were headed in the wrong direction. And God did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. He sent his son for you and he died. He gave his life and he picked you up and put you on a brand new path, gave you a brand new start, made you a new creation. And because of all that God has done for you, you should give yourself to God. Living generously is rooted in the generosity of God. And then thirdly, we said that we're called to be a living sacrifice, right? Because of what God has done for us and because he invites us now to give ourselves back to him, we should live each moment of our lives as a living sacrifice offered up to God. And in this series, we're simply asking the question, what? What do living sacrifices offer to God? What what are we called to give back to him? What are we called to put on the altar to say, God, this isn't mine, it belongs to you? Last week, we started by acknowledging the fact that God has given each of us special abilities, talents, and gifts, and skills, some some which are just naturally hardwired into us as people, and some which come from God's Spirit. And these gifts, these abilities, these talents, they're not ours. We don't get to hoard them or, or keep them from the world. No, they're given to us so that we can employ them to build up the body of Christ and advance God's purposes in the world. Living sacrifices offer their gifts back to God so he can use them to build his church and advance his purposes in the world. Living sacrifices are also called to offer their resources. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And the congregation said, Amen. You see, the reality is is that giving of our physical and financial resources back to God to say, God, these don't belong to us. They belong to you. You can use them however you want. This is part of the Christian life. This is part of the Christian journey. And in Romans chapter 12, this whole idea of, of giving is laid out because living sacrifices, they offer their resources. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. Right? You're called by God to be a living sacrifice. Offer yourself to God because of all that he's done for you. And, and this is your spiritual gifts, but it's also your physical resources. In Romans chapter 12, what we know is that giving is mentioned twice. It's mentioned once in the passage we studied last week as a spiritual gift that some Christians have. Some people among us have a spirit-inspired, spirit-given gift to make money. To have the capacity to have resources beyond what most people have. And when God gives a person the capacity to make money, to have more resources than most of us have, God is expecting that person to use that ability to invest in his purposes in the world. Now, some of you will disagree with me, but that's okay. I got the mic. (laughs) See, I believe that there are some people among us whom God gives this ability to do with physical and financial resources what the overwhelming majority of us seem to be unable to do, to just touch it, and it turns to gold. And it multiplies, and it grows. 
A lot of us go out and we work to make money, but there are some people among us who take their money and they're able to use it in extraordinary ways so that their money makes money. And I believe that that comes from God because I believe everything comes from God. And so God gives some people this gift, this this gift to have a capacity to make money, and that's not just so they can have a bunch of stuff. In fact, if that's what you think the purpose of money is, you you need to reorient your perspective to have a biblical worldview because God does not just give people the capacity to make money so they can have stuff. He gives them the capacity to make money so that the work of God's kingdom can be funded. See, people have the capacity to multiply physical and financial resources. They're not just people who always are setting the vision for what God wants to accomplish in the world, but they are the ones who establish the pace with which God's vision can be fulfilled. There are many times where God has given his people a vision, but you know what hinders that? The lack of resources. And so God has gifted some with the spiritual gift of giving. In Romans chapter 12, verse 8, it says, if your gift is encouraging, then be encouraging. And if your gift is giving, then give generously. Some of you were in the room uh, over at Indiana Wesleyan this past Wednesday for the World Changers Convocation. I know you were in the room because I saw you there. And Pat Gelsinger, who is the CEO of Intel, gave his testimony. The CEO of Intel is a deep person of faith, and he shared about a story early in their married life. As they were just starting out as people of faith, God spoke to them through a speaker at a retreat held by their church. And the speaker challenged them to give 10% of their income to the Lord, to fund the work of the Lord in their church and in the world. And Pat and his wife decided that that's what they were going to do. But the speaker also gave them an additional challenge. To increase their giving every single year beyond that 10% by 1% each year. So for 40-some years, Pat Gelsinger's been working in the world of technology, most of those years being spent at Intel, making lots and lots of money. I mean, lots of money. Like more than all of us combined. Unless some of you are billionaires and I didn't know it, and if you are, please see me after church. (laughs) But they have been faithful to the commitment they made. Pat and his wife, from that early part of their marriage, adding 1% every year to their giving, and for 40 years now they've done that. And so as a billionaire, Pat Gelsinger gives 50% of his income away. That is the spiritual gift of giving. God has given him the ability to make money. And God has used this man to invest in church planting, in missions work around the world, starting a Christian university and helping see that funded, seeing his area in the the Bay Area in California transformed for Christ because of an organization that he started and is funding with those resources. See, God gives some Christians a spiritual gift to, to have this capacity to give and the ability to do so. Now, some of you might be sitting here this morning saying, well, I guess I'm off the hook. (laughs) 
because that ain't me. Well, this is, really brings me to the next part that I want to talk to you about. Because giving isn't just a spiritual gift that some Christians have. It is a standard practice for all Christians to participate in. And that means if you're a follower of Jesus, you're not off the hook. Why? Because living sacrifices offer their resources back to God. And we see this in Romans chapter 12, verse 13. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. You see, up in, up in verse 8, we're told that if you have the gift of giving, you should give generously. That's how God's gifted you, and you should do that. But, but for the rest of us, we have these physical resources because we, we're not lazy. Right? As Christians, we're not lazy. We work hard. Why do we work hard? Because God's word tells us to. And I tell you right now, in our world today, we don't have a shortage of jobs. We need people who want to work. And if we are God's people, we should work hard. That's what Romans 12 says. Don't be lazy. Work hard. Why? Because God's going to entrust you with physical and financial resources that are to be used to help when people are in need and so that you can always show hospitality to those who are outside of the faith. This is why we give. Giving is a standard practice of all Christians. Now, I have this conversation a lot with people. People will come and they'll ask me these questions. They'll say, why? Why do I have to give? I want to keep my money for myself. I want to use it for my own purposes to meet my needs. I've got bills to pay. I've got kids in college. I've got a house that needs repaired. I've got a car that's not working like it should. Why should I continue to give into the church? Well, here's my answer. Today's message is my answer to that question. Why should we give as followers of Jesus Christ? And I want to just pause for a moment commercial break, a little time out here, to say that I know that for us, many of us, this conversation inside of the church is a little unnerving because we think to ourselves that all the church cares about is my money. And I, I just want to encourage you, just take a deep breath. This is not going to be a message about you need to give more money. It's not going to be that kind of message. I literally just want to open up what I believe to be a biblical perspective on this issue of giving of our financial resources, which I believe God has established as a standard practice for all of his people to participate in. I believe it started in the Old Testament, and I believe it carries through the New Testament and into the church even today. And I would not be a faithful pastor if I said, well, we're not going to talk about this because it makes some of us uncomfortable. No, it is my job. Not my job because you employ me for it. It's my job before God to make sure that you know what you're supposed to know as a follower of Jesus Christ. So I want everybody to just take a deep breath and relax. I promise I'll be gentle. Okay? There are three reasons that I always give when people ask me, why should Christians give? And I want to walk through them as quickly as I can. First, giving is foundational. Giving is foundational. And here's what I mean by this. When we give, 
when we actually take of our physical and our financial resources and we give as God's word calls us to give back to him, to bring what the scriptures call the tithe or the first 10% of everything that comes into our life, to give that back to God, to bring it into the storehouse, as Malachi 3 says. Why do we do that? Because it forms a foundation in our lives for the right perspective as we live our lives. And here's what I mean. The world will try to tell you that you are a couple of different things. The world will try to tell you, especially here in America, that you're a consumer. Right? That's how we stimulate the economy. We give you money so you'll consume more because it gets the economy going again. And so that's the way our economy is built. It's a consumption economy. Right? And, and companies will even do things like they'll, they, they do this thing called planned obsolescence. After a while, it just doesn't work anymore. So you got to go buy a new one because they want you to consume more. And then there's perceived obsolescence, that that thing that you have, even though it works, it's just not as good as the newer model. So that you will perceive that it is out of date and therefore you need to go buy a new one. Why? Because they see you as a consumer and they want you to think of yourself that way, to buy into that identity and consume more and more and more. The world will tell you that. The world will also tell you that you're in charge of your life. Whatever you want, you should have it. If it makes you happy, you should run after it. And if something would cause you to not be happy, well, of course, you can have that anyway because it's up to you. You decide. Right? You would never want to have to sacrifice or lay something down or give something up that you really want because if you want it, you can have it because you're in control of your life. You are the owner of your life. The world will tell you both of those things. You're, you're the owner of your life and you're here to consume. Just have whatever you want, as much as you want because it's all about you. The reason giving is foundational is because it breaks those falsehoods in our life. As it turns out, you have a bigger identity than just being a consumer. You are more than that. And as it turns out, you're not the owner of your life. You're not even the owner of the stuff that you think you own. Because just because you possess something doesn't mean you own it. You see, in the biblical worldview, in the way God sees everything, God is the creator and owner of everything that exists. Which means whatever you have in your hand doesn't belong to you. It actually belongs to God, and he's letting you borrow it for a little while. Right? So giving is foundational. And you say, how foundational is it? Well, let's go back to Genesis 1.1 a verse which I think we need to spend a lot more time on in our culture today. Because I think we're throwing out the whole, the whole idea that God's the creator. And we're just kind of making up our own rules. We're not going back to say, what did God say when he originally created? What was God's intention? What was God's purpose? We just kind of throw that out the window. I want to say everything begins here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
He's the creator of everything that is. There's nothing that exists that he did not create. Not only is is he the creator, but Psalm 24 verse 1 tells us, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Now listen, the world isn't going to tell you this. Because the world doesn't believe it's true. But inside of the church, because we believe that our lives are firmly rooted and founded upon the scriptures, which are the revelation of God's character and nature and purpose for the world, we start here and we say God is the creator and owner of everything that is, which means we are not the owners. We are stewards. We are managers. God gives us everything that we have. When you get that paycheck, you might have earned it because of the work that you put in, but the resource itself is a gift from God to your life. He gave you the ability to do that job and earn that paycheck. And when you give, you are honoring the fact that he is the owner and you are the steward. It's foundational to life. That's one of the reasons we give. But there's more. There's more. So let's go on to the next one. Giving is foundational. Secondly, giving is formational. And this is what what I would say to people, that we often think inside of the church that all the church wants is my money. And that's just not true. There may be some churches out there that want your money, but it's definitely not true here. Because this whole conversation about giving is never about what we want from you. It is only about what we want for you. We believe that God is doing something in your life and that God wants to do something through your life for his glory and his honor. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't have anything to do with Lakeview. This is just the community that we get together to do it as a community. Right? To actually engage in this process. So it's not really about Lakeview. It's ultimately about God's glory. And so he wants to do work in you and through you to accomplish that goal. And so he encourages us as his people to engage in giving. Why? Because it is a tool in the hand of God to shape and form us. Now, if we had all day, I would really just dive deep here. But I'm going to try to go as quick as I can. And just give you three or four ways that I think giving is formational. I think giving is formational first because it helps us surrender to his lordship. You see, one of the reasons that I give is because God tells me to. And in fact, that's actually the beginning point for giving. If if there's nothing else I say today that encourages you to give or start giving or continue giving, just let that be enough that God says to do it. And because we follow him, because we live for him, because we love him, we do what he says. If you love me, you will obey my commands, Jesus says. We give because God said to give. In Malachi chapter 3, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. In other words, take that first 10% of what God has given to you and give it back to God. That's God's command. In the New Testament, we are told that we should give what we've decided in our heart to give and we should give it cheerfully. 
not under obligation or duty. We should just give it because this is what God invites us to do. And because we love God, we want to do what he asks us to do. So we do it with a cheerful heart. God instructs us to give. And when we give, we are putting ourselves in a surrendered position to say, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. God, this, this might not make sense to me. Why would I take some of my money, which maybe is a scarce resource in my life, and give some of it back to God? Why would I do that? Because you ask me to. Right? Giving helps us surrender ourselves to his lordship, and that's an important thing for all of us to do. Secondly, giving helps us to participate in his community. One of the things giving reminds me of is that I don't have enough money to send a missionary to another part of the world, but we do. I don't have enough money to fund all of the, all of the requirements to keep a facility like this functioning so that ministries for the church and Lakeview Christian School and, and Lakeview Counseling Center, all of those things can function, but I don't have enough money to make them function, but we do. I don't have enough money to make sure that Embrace Grace could have its uh, shower yesterday for all of the blooms that we're working with this year. I don't, I don't have money to provide, but we do. You see, when we come together as God's people, we all have our resources that God's entrusted to our care, and we give into this, into this kind of pool of resources, and, and what becomes a little bit from you, and a little bit from you, and a little bit from you, and a little, and a little bit from me, all of it comes together, and we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. Giving is a way that we participate in his community to say, what does God want to do? Not just through me, but through us. This is important for us to do. This is why when we come into membership in the Wesleyan Church, this is one of the commitments that we make. That we will give of our resources to the local church. Why? Because we believe this is a standard practice for all Christians and we believe that God has called us to do more together than we could ever do on our own. Giving helps us participate in this community. Third, giving helps us trust in his provision. Giving helps us trust in his provision. It's fascinating to me that when, when you do the math, God's economy doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I mean, let's just, let's just play it out here. You get 100% of the resources that come into your life, and you've got needs, right? You've got bills to pay. You've got a family to care for. You've got these things that you've got to maintain and, and have in this world to function, right? And you got 100% of your resources. And God says, I want you to take 10% of that and set that aside right at the beginning and give that back to me. So now you're left with less than 100%, right? I'm not a math major. But I think 100% minus 10% is 90%. So here's the thing. In a worldly perspective, 100% is more than 90% but not in God's economy. It doesn't make sense. I'll be the first to admit it. It doesn't make sense. But I tell you this, when you are faithful in your giving, it is an act, especially when you have limited resources. When you give 10% of what God entrusts to your care, the 90% that you are left with is more 
than the 100% you started with. And this happens in a lot of different ways. God, God speaks into our lives and he gives us opportunities. Maybe we get a new job and it pays more. Maybe our job gives us a raise or a promotion. Maybe we land a second job to help meet those additional needs that we had. And God opens that door and lets that happen. Sometimes God adds by subtracting. He says, that bill that you thought you were going to pay, I'm going to take care of that another way. Maybe there's a credit on your account that you didn't know existed. Maybe there's a discount that you qualified for. Maybe someone else just decided to take care of it for you. Sometimes, sometimes God just in inexplainable ways brings additional resources into your life. And you have resources that you didn't expect and they take care of the needs. I could tell you story after story after story in my own life of how the 90% with God was more than the 100% ever would have been. Doesn't make sense, but when we give, we learn to trust in God's provision. And then, fourthly, when we give, we're formed by giving because it helps us to reflect the generosity of God. We learn to reflect his generosity. Listen, we serve a generous, generous God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the apostle Paul talks about this whole idea of generosity. And in fact, as he talks about this, he says, um, remember this in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And when you keep reading, you see that God starts to, starts to kind of lay this out through the Apostle Paul of how this works. Verse 10 says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. When I read verses 6 and 10 in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, what I see is this cycle of generosity that God is trying to get cranking inside of our lives. Right? He says, if you have seed and you plant that seed sowingly, well, you're going to reap. You're going you're to reap sparingly, right? If you plant that seed and, and you hold it back, you're not going to get a big return. But if you sow it generously, what happens? You get more return, right? This is the way it works. And then Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, that the, the one who provides seed to the farmer and bread to eat. In other words, the one who gives you what you need to get started and the one who makes sure your needs are met, that God, is the same God who when you give and sow generously, God gives back to you. Now, he doesn't give back to you so you'll have a lot of stuff. There are churches that teach that, and they're wrong. I just want to make that really, really clear today. There are lots of churches in this world who will teach you that you give to get something. And that's not biblical. You give so that you can participate in what God has asked you to participate in. And when you do, God looks at you and sees a person that can be trusted. The one who can be trusted with little can be trusted with more. And God gives you more, not so you'll have more, but so that you can give more. Right? The one who gives seed to the farmer and bread to eat is the one who increases 
the return. He increases your resources. Why? So that a harvest of generosity can be produced in your life. What is Paul teaching in 2 Corinthians 9? He's teaching us that God wants us to be generous people. And why would God want that? Because at the very core of who God is, God himself is generous. And above everything else, God wants you to be like him. Giving is not about what God wants from you. Here's a hint. God doesn't need anything. He owns it all. He doesn't need our resources. So it's not about what God wants from us. It is about what God wants for us. He wants us to become like him, to be generous as God himself is generous. And that's why we give. Giving is foundational. Giving is formational. And then thirdly and finally, giving is functional. I want to just share a couple of verses of scripture with you from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. This is what it says. Yes, you will be enriched. This is in the same passage we were just looking at. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. What happens when we give? Needs are met and spiritual fruit is produced. Needs are met. And spiritual fruit is produced. That's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, listen, you guys have set aside money, you've given, and we're going to take that gift, that offering, and we're going to administer that to God's people in another part of the world who are in need right now. And when that happens, they are going to have their needs met. And then they're going to thank God. Because they're actually not going to see you as their source. They're going to see God as their source. Because what God just did is he provided their need through you. He let you participate in meeting their need so that spiritual fruit could be produced. Giving is functional. It actually advances the purposes of God in the world. It meets needs and it produces spiritual fruit. This is why we give. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we were talking about the fact that God is ascending God and he wants his gospel to go throughout the world. One of the reasons we give is so that the gospel can be advanced in our community, in the surrounding area, throughout our state and our nation, and into the farthest parts of the world. This is why we give. It has a function in the church of God. It accomplishes his purposes. This is why I just want to remind us today that when we come together as a church, there is not a person in here who could pay for all of the bills that we have as a church, all of the things that just make this thing run. Not one person in here that I'm aware of could do it on their own, but together we can. When we talk about outreach ministries into our community, we talk about things like Kid Street, or we put on an event like Trunk or Treat and give away 30,000 pieces of candy. This is, it's also, uh, we get sponsorships from the dentists in town. So 
We put on events like that. And, ha- and, and listen, not one person in here could do all that on their own. When we have ministries like Embrace Grace, and we, we bring these young women into our church and we invest in their lives as they're walking through the season of life with an unplanned pregnancy and we encourage them and we strengthen them and we equip them. Listen, not one person could provide for all of that on their own, but together we can. When we do feed the street and we get groceries and we take it out and we, we serve people in our community with food so that they have literally food on their table. Not one person in here could just do all of that on their own, but together we can. And we don't don't have people in this church who could just on their own say, we're going to send a missionary to another part of the world. But as a congregation right now, we have like 10 or 11 missionaries serving in foreign countries. And then we have a whole host of other people who are here domestically in the United States and they are serving the the cause of missions in other parts of the world because of the support that we give. Not one person in here could provide all of that support on their own, but together we can. And when we produce discipleship curriculum to further the work that God is doing in the lives of people who are coming to faith here at Lakeview Church, not one of us could just say, oh, we're going to pay for all of that. But together we do. We pay for it together. This is, this is how giving works. It serves a function. It meets needs and it advances God's purpose in the world. And I don't know how many of you uh, look at the back of this bulletin every week, but but. I just want to just pause to say, look at the back of this bulletin if you, if you haven't done it yet and just see the giving. We, we every week record the budgeted income for this point in the year and then we, we tell you how much has been given and we are $20,000 ahead of where we have budgeted to be at this point in the year. That's because God is providing through you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, we find ourselves at a place in the life of our church where we actually have margin to say, God, what else would you like to do this year that wasn't in our plan because you're providing the resources for that to occur? Listen, I don't know how many years it's been since we could say that, but it's been a while. And I just want to let you know God is providing through your faithful giving. As I prepared this message today, I thought to myself, I'm kind of preaching to the choir. I mean, look at this. We are not just ahead in our general giving, but we're ahead in our global engagement fund giving for the year. You guys are awesome. God is working in you and through you. You are participating in giving. You're seeing God as the owner and you Yourself as the steward of what God's entrusted to your care. You're, you're engaged in giving as a formational practice. You're surrendered to his lordship. You're participating in the community. You're trusting him to provide for your needs. I know some of you have told me stories. I don't know how this is going to work, Pastor, but God has told me to give more this quarter than I gave last quarter. And so I'm going to do it. And you do it. And then you come back and say, God provided again. And I would start to say I'm surprised, but I'm not. Because that's the way God works. You're doing it. And because you're doing it, this functional component of giving is happening. Ministries are moving forward. Bills are paid. 
Ministry is occurring. Lives are being changed. In a couple of weeks, we're going to walk into the waters of baptism with 11 people, and there may be more who will sign up. But listen, God is changing lives. He is working, and you are part of that through your giving. And so today, maybe I am preaching to the choir. By the way, choir singing next week. You should come to rehearsal this Wednesday night. See how I worked that in? Maybe I'm preaching to the choir today, but I want to just encourage you, keep giving, not because of what we need from you. That would be a purpose way too small. I want you to give because of what God wants for you. He wants to make you generous in every way so that the needs of the church can be met and the purposes of God can be advanced in our world. So as we close, let me just give you three next steps that you could take. Some of you need to adjust your view of giving. Some of you have thought about giving as this is just what the church wants from me. This is just what God wants from me. And I, I just want you to just shift the mindset. It's not about what we want from you. It's about what we want for you. And I want to just encourage you to to think about giving as a way that you are reminded week in and week out that you are not the owner. You are simply the steward. And let, let giving become a spiritual discipline that God uses to shape your heart and soul to become more like him. And every time you give, just be reminded that your giving is being used to advance the purposes of God and bring glory to him. Now, most of you in this room are giving. Evidenced by the report that we see on the back of the bulletin, right? You're giving. God's working through you. But some of you in this room, you're not giving 10%. You haven't gotten there yet. Maybe you're giving 5% of your income, or maybe, maybe you're just giving when there's extra left over. I want to just encourage you to understand that God's historic practice for his people has been giving 10% of their income, everything that comes into their, their life. And I want to just let you know, as, I, as I've kind of walked through my own journey, that's been a practice I learned because my parents taught me. They said, this is what God wants you to do. You should do it. And you just give 10%. And some of you aren't there yet. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Here's your next step. Just give 1% more. Just give 1% more. If you're at 0% next week, just give 1% of what you earn this week. Just give 1%. And if you're giving 5% next week, just start giving 6 And just, just try God out. This is the only command in Scripture where God says, I just dare you to try me. In Malachi chapter 3, he says, test me in this. Test me in this. And see if I will not be faithful to throw open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you cannot contain. Just give 1% more and see what God does. And if you find yourself okay a couple months from now, just give 1% more. And maybe someday you'll be like Pat Gelsinger. Just giving 50% as God blesses you. And then... Finally, the last next step is just to give beyond the 10%. Give beyond the 10%. Some of you have extra resources. You sold a piece of property. You had an inheritance. You got some extra money that you found in a mattress. I don't know where it came into your possession, but you found it, and you've got these extra resources, and you think, what am I supposed to do with it? And I don't know the answer to that question. 
but I know somebody who does. So just take those extra resources and put them in front of God and say, God, what do you want me to do with it? And some of you have the spiritual gift of giving. You've got the capacity to multiply physical and financial resources. And I want you to ask, what does God want you to do with those resources for his glory and his honor? God wants to make us into generous people. And giving is a way that we get there. So I want to encourage us to give. Let me pray for us. And then Pastor Jessica's coming to close our service. God, thank you so much for this day that we could be together, this opportunity we've had to dig into your word. And God, I just want to pray that you would help each and every one of us to acknowledge that you are the owner of everything and we are the stewards. Help us to manage the resources well and to give them generously so that your kingdom can advance and your name can be glorified. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.